corner in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Good evening, Douglas County. It's Steve Peck here, along with Megan Silverthorne, your Sherpas of Sanity, your Lanterns of Liberty, and we've got a action-packed episode for you. How's it going, Steve? It's going great. There's so much to talk about. There's a lot. Uh, there's always a lot to talk about, but today's episode is actually going to just focus on one really hot topic. Yes. A lot of people know that this week there was a big state school safety committee hearing at the state capitol. And there was a panel testimony that included a couple of folks from the Douglas County School District. Yeah, one of those included a former superintendent, Aaron Kane, who's sitting next to current superintendent, Dr. Tucker. And this is what was said by Dr. Tucker. Each of our 90 campuses, and Aaron has three campuses in the Douglas County School District, teachers are not armed we will fight tooth and nail if any school, whether it's a neighborhood school or a charter school, decides to arm its teachers. If it's a charter school, we're going to ask that they leave the Douglas County School District oversight that wants to arm kids. We will not, certainly not during my tenure, arm teachers. So if you're hearing that, that is simply not true. So, um, I mean, there's so much to say there. Where do we even begin with this? Well, first, I I want folks to understand exactly what is being said. Being asked to leave the district, that is a nice euphemistic way of saying that their charters will be revoked. So for those who don't know, a charter school is a school that operates on contract with an authorizer. In this case, the Douglas County School District is authorizing an independently run public school in the form of a charter school to be run by an independent board. Being asked to leave the district means that contract would be revoked. So there's a specific school that we know of that has explored the possibility of arming teachers and staff or allowing their teachers and staff the option of being armed at school. And I think that's where a lot of this conversation is stemming from. Yes, and for the State School Safety Committee hearing, I know that they were rolling around a lot of ideas, and I think a lot of people don't even know how teachers or staff members that are not police officers or security guards are even permitted to carry. It's a popular misconception that teachers are not permitted to be armed. That, in Colorado, is a decision that is up to the local board of education or up to charter schools. So in in this case... State statute, Colorado Revised Statutes 18-12-214, subsection 3B, a permittee, in other words, a concealed carry permittee, who is employed or retained by contract by a school district or charter school as a school security officer, may carry a concealed handgun onto the real property or into any improvement erected thereon of a public elementary, middle, junior high, or high school while the permittee is on duty. Wow. I mean, a lot of people think, okay, my kid's school is a gun-free zone. There's no guns ever on the premise under any circumstances. Obviously, that's not the case. That's not the case. And I think part of the question is either school security that exists is inadequate or there are some teachers and staff members who say, 
please, I can help. I want to help. I don't want my classroom to be full of sitting ducks. You know, there's a lot of debate over armed security and how to affect that on school grounds. So that's a lot of lead up to the policy, the ADD policy. Can you explain what the ADD policy is and some of the history going back to 2002 and why that's relevant today? Right, sure. So back in 2002, there was a policy that was put into place uh, a Board of Education policy with the naming convention ADD. That's not an acronym. It's not an a... acronym. It's a naming convention under the board's policy governance. And, and as you say, that was passed back in 2002, and it laid out an eight-point set of guidance for different plans that the district had put in place for how to ensure comprehensive, safe schools. And I've looked at this, and if anybody's really curious, you can dig around for this ADD. It was eight points back in 2002, and they're very bland, generic things like a conduct and discipline code or procedures that address the supervision and security of school buildings and grounds generally. Right. So how does the district get from something like that to now they're going to be asked to leave the district? Well, the answer is back in December of last year, the school board revised board policy ADD, and it became something far more than what it was back in 2002. During our entire tenure on the board, I was elected in 2009 and I was term limited in 2017. We did not revisit that plan and instead we beefed up different parts underneath that plan. So we instituted the school marshal program, we made sure that there were various tools available to law enforcement and to armed security guards that already were pre-existing in the buildings. But this is a wholesale revision of policy ADD. Yeah, so what's interesting is it went from eight points to the revised version is now 18 points. I think the salient point is point 11, and it says the board directs the superintendent to develop and maintain a safe schools plan that includes the following. And then you skip down to point number 11, and it gets a little bit wordy, but stick with me here. Procedures for the employment, training, and use of armed security officers to provide security of school buildings, events, and grounds, including requirements that any armed security officers be employed solely for security purposes. And that is the crux of how the district wants to dictate to charter schools what they can or cannot do with their own employees. Right. So, yes, you can have, according to the state statute that you opened with, have somebody on campus with a weapon as long as they're security personnel. And then the ADD revised policy as of December 13 of last year says you cannot have anybody other than that security guard. Right. So what the district wants to do is say, look, if you were thinking about arming your teachers or your staff members or anybody except your pre-existing security guards or law enforcement partners, what you would have had to do was say, all right, you have Steve Peck, high school history teacher extraordinaire, but you're also adding a job description to his contract that says Steve Peck will also act as a school security officer. And so therefore, CPEC is then permitted in his capacity as a school security officer to carry a concealed handgun or otherwise have a firearm on the property to help protect himself, his students, and his surrounding area. Now, what the district wants to do is say, nope, if CPEC is a history teacher, then CPEC will not be permitted to exercise any further duties as a school security officer for intents and purposes of being armed. So what they see saying is if you want to have armed personnel, that's fine, but they can only be armed security guards. They can only be security personnel. They cannot additionally have duties as janitors, 
history teachers or whatever else. Except for that's not the end of the story. No. What's what's the what's the end of the story here? What the district wants to do is enforce a charter rule. So in other words, they want to say, hey, all of this is part of your charter, but it's not. That's the thing. This was updated in December of last year. There's only been one charter school that has had a renewal. In other words, a renegotiation, an update of the contractual agreement since that date. And Dr. Tucker is saying to all 20 charter schools, if you want to arm your teachers and you're going to be revoked, your, your charter is going to be revoked. But what he is trying to do is enforce a provision of the charter, of the contract that does not actually exist. Right. I don't think you have to be a contract attorney to see, like, you can't add new elements to a contract and then retroactively apply them and say, oh, you're out of compliance. I mean, is is that what they're saying? That's, this sounds ridiculous. Right. That's what they're saying. So uh, they already know that they that the, the district, the board, the superintendent already know that they cannot dictate to charters how charters put forward their own employees. What are you going to do with your employees? If you're a charter school, then you have say on how you want to hire people and what duties you want to assign to them. What the board and Dr. Tucker want to do is put charters on contract as saying, oh, we're not going to have armed security guards for anything other than creating security. We're not going to have any other staff members armed. They can't retroactively do that right now. They can't dictate that to charters. They want to try. They want to try to do it. And so they're retroactively applying rules that don't exist. So like you say, the contract law doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, and in fact, state statute says, state statute 22-30.5-1054 says a material revision of the terms of a charter contract may be made only with the approval of the Chartering Local Board of Education, so in other words, the Douglas County School District, and the governing body of the charter school. So there has to be a mutual agreement for them to do this. This is a power grab. It is a power grab. And so what they're doing is saying, well, we're going to wait you out until your charter renewal comes up, then we're going to force you into this. But in the meantime, we're going to threaten you with revocation. Well, and this is, I mean, we, we, we never use the word revocation in the conversations we had last month or the month prior about STEM. But... But the, 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 the threat of non-renewal or a condensed renewal, a shortened contract, seems like a scepter that's hanging out over several schools. And I, I am just speculating here, you know, is, is this the new normal where all the charter schools now have to live under the fear of new rules being applied retroactively and then being found out of compliance? Well, and this is kind of the question that I'm sure that a lot of not only charter schools, but a lot of charter parents have. What is going to happen to my child's school? I mean, Dr. Tucker kind of threw down the gauntlet by saying they're going to be asked to leave the district. He introduced the concept of revocation into the conversation. Well, this is ridiculous. I mean, if you have a, a school that's got, you know, 500, 750 kids and parents who've created a schedule and a life, a commute, a, a work arrangement around that school, I mean, you're, you're talking about upending potentially thousands of lives. Not, exactly. not just the teachers that are there, the staff, but everybody that's made plans to go to that school. And so that's something that's huge uncertainty, huge risk, a lot of questions. I want to make my position really clear. This is not really about arming school staff. I have opinions about whether arming school staff is the right thing to do. I personally think it is. But frankly, this is not really about arming school teachers. The, the armed teacher debate, the armed staff debate, guns in schools... 
uh, security personnel, all of that should be decided by school communities working together for themselves. There should be autonomy. I mean, there, there should be choices. Parents should be able to weigh in and decide whether they want to send their children to a school where teachers and staff members are permitted to be armed. All of that should be up to those communities, not up to me or anyone else to dictate that. But really, really, Steve, what this is about is charter autonomy. Well, it, it is. And I'm wondering, okay, if, if they can do this with the, this particular issue, if the district can come in and then mandate new requirements and guidelines, rules for the uh, charter school, then what's preventing them from doing the same thing around something like sex education, curriculum, certain history books that are on the do not read list that might be out of favor or the whole debate around teacher certification and whether that should be a hard requirement for uh, neighborhood schools or, or charter schools. So some charter schools say we don't need a certification for our teachers. This person's been a CPA for 20 years and they're fully qualified to teach a high school business course. Oh, that's right. And we, we saw this a little bit when we were still on the board with attempts to dictate special education requirements to charter schools, where previously their contract had already dictated the terms under which they could supply special education services to students who were in need of them. And then when new board members came on, they wanted to dictate certain requirements that were inappropriate for certain schools. And this is just that whole thing writ large. Who has the autonomy here? State statute is very clear that charters have autonomy, that charters are permitted to understand what their own needs are and to say what kind of employees they want to have. And what's happening here is Dr. Tucker, I'm sure with the full backing of the board, because this is a board policy and he is their employee, he is the one who is basically their point man. He is their tip of their spear to say, I will revoke your school. Yeah, let, let's play it one more time. I want to play it one more time for everybody to hear. Now that we've had the conversation, here we go. Each of our 90 campuses, and Aaron has three campuses in the Douglas County School District, teachers are not armed. We will fight tooth and nail if any school, whether it's a neighborhood school or a charter school, decides to arm its teachers. If it's a charter school, we're going to ask that they leave the Douglas County School District oversight that wants to arm kids. We will not, certainly not doing my tenure, arm teachers. So if you're hearing that, that is simply not true. And that's really unfortunate because what he has said is all 20 of my charter schools that my district has a contract to run a school with, all of them suddenly have had their choice taken away. Those schools might have independent boards, but suddenly those boards don't have any voices. Those parents aren't able to decide for themselves. You know, neighborhood schools are already under oversight of the district. So neighborhood schools don't have nearly as much choice. Neighborhood schools have to abide by what the district dictates that they do. But charter schools were meant to be laboratories of innovation. They were meant to provide choices for parents and provide environments where innovation could take place. And that includes safety and security plans. I mean, those are things that charter schools have to wrestle with just like district schools do. To just drill the point home a little bit, this is not about guns. We're going to talk about guns, and I'm happy to make the case for guns, but this is about charter autonomy and parental choice. That's right. And the district wants to soak up all of this control, claim power that it does not have 
away from parents and individual families. If a family decides that they want to send their kids to a school where they know that teachers and staff are armed or could be armed, that's their right. Families like mine believe that that's a safer environment. Now, I know there are other people that say that's dangerous. You're introducing uncertainty. There's so many questions around training and whether or not, you know, this is a learning environment and guns shouldn't be here. Well, you know, I don't share that viewpoint. And I want to make a case briefly that there's a parallel here. When you are fighting a disease, right, you inoculate, you introduce that very disease that you're trying to avoid in small doses. When you're fighting a wildfire, you start a fire and you backburn. When guns are introduced to a school, I mean, we're trying to introduce the very thing we're trying to prevent. And I can understand and respect people that don't see it that way, but I wish that they would also respect my choice to send my kids to a school where that would be a firewall. That's a firewall in my mind. And I feel a lot better about knowing my kids are at a place where there's good guys with guns. And let's be clear. What they're doing here is saying, we're going to put you on contract at your next renewal period to follow our board policy ADD, where only security employees will be permitted to be armed. But until then, we're going to intimidate you into following the rules. Otherwise, you'll be asked to leave the district. This is really an extraordinary gauntlet that's been thrown down by Dr. Tucker. And we'll see how the charter schools respond. I would encourage them to step forward and protect their own autonomy. Frankly, there is no court in the land that would enforce an after-the-fact contractual update where the district wants to force a charter to follow an update in policy that did not exist at the time of the contract negotiation. I'm reminded of the Franklin quote, we should hang together or we'll all hang separately. That's right. You know, this particular case and issue might only be relevant to one or two schools. But the heart that we're trying to lay out here is this is not about guns. This is about autonomy. And if you think that this couldn't turn into a different topic on a different day, I don't think you're taking the long view of this. Well, I think that's right, because some people support keeping guns out of the hands of any staff members except those who are in law enforcement or specifically working in security they may support this trampling of charter autonomy. They don't look at it that way. They look at it as keeping guns out of the hands of certain staff members. But when it turns around, it's St. Thomas More all over again. When you've cut down all the laws to get at the devil and the devil turns around on you, then what what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think what we want to encourage people to do is take the long view of autonomy, autonomous schools, because that's the purpose of charter schools. I mean, what, what we talked about at the beginning was a particular school who has had this issue. And I mean, that school has already informed its parents that they were moving toward allowing different staff members who have been trained and have gone through a process to possibly have firearms. But with that being said, they were not going to force anyone to have firearms. No teacher was going to be required to carry firearms, and I think that's the way it should be. Individual teachers who want to step forward and have that training and have that process should be permitted to do so, but no one should be forced to. But that has become kind of this this focal point of the discussion and about this individual school or this individual issue. Really, the broad view should be about charter autonomy. It's, it's about choice for the teacher. It's mm-hmm. about choice for the family. 
right? That's right. Uh, why why can't we allow choice to exist is a mystery to me. I don't know if there's an allergy to choice or <laughs> what the deal is. The district seems to want everything canned and bland and homogenized. It's a one-size-fits-all. If you don't fit in our box, then you're out because we don't have time for independent thinkers. Well, I think what we've heard them say is that, oh, we have research, we have evidence, we have people with degrees. What? Well, well, and that's that's a good question. What research are we talking about? But on the flip side, I think that our families, people out here who are truly concerned about this, real kids, real parents, real teachers who are going to real schools and have real concerns. Yeah. Well, and as far as I'm concerned, a gun-free zone is a menace, but we've already established that there there are guns on campuses here in Douglas County. So that's kind of a misunderstood point. So aside from that little tidbit... Megan, is there anything else going on in the district? Well, I think uh, in our last few minutes here, I think we're, we can talk about a couple things that also caught people's attention. Did you know that on a professional development plan day, the district is going to unveil its new strategic plan and they're going to do it at an all hands in the Pepsi Center? The Pepsi Center. The Pepsi Center. Is that where I saw Coldplay? That's right. The arena downtown that nominally uh... holds... Thousands and thousands of people. Now, there are about 8,500 employees in the school district, but are, do we need the Pepsi Center? Kind of what I, I, I'm think, I think we need the Pepsi Center, and then Food Fighters can close out the meeting. I mean, honestly, the Pepsi Center, that's ridiculous. What What is the fairgrounds? It's just, is, I don't know. Is that not grand enough? Old and busted. The new yeah. hotness is the Pepsi Center. <laughs> that's <laughs> ridiculous. Well, and, and so the question is how much... Does that cost? And, and this could have been done through like a video. How is that money being Maybe a raised? podcast. I don't know. Um, and, and how are people getting down there? My understanding is that bus drivers are volunteering their time to drive a bunch of folks, a bunch of employees downtown. Some pretty generous bus drivers. I'm not sure about that. So I, I think there are a lot of questions that people might have about how much is this costing? Where is the money coming from? Even if it's coming from donations, is that really necessary? Can you imagine if you and I had said, we're going to have an all hands at the Pepsi Center and hey, teachers, get down there. I think if David Ray is going to be singing, I'd be there. I'll be oh, there for that. Yeah. You know, maybe that's how they're doing it. David Ray is going to do a fabulous concert. <laughs> President Ray is singing, y'all. Get down there. That and Donations are going to fund the Pepsi Center. All right. And then I think there are just a couple of little things that are going on. Uh, do you remember when you or I would miss a meeting and there was a little outcry? I never you know? missed a meeting. You know, I think I, I think I missed one. You were, I, I was late a couple times. No, you know why you missed a meeting? You were in Morocco on Navy duty. I, That's okay, why you missed that, a meeting. I didn't. I right. think that you were pretty well excused for that. Yeah. There are a couple folks who have an attendance problem. What? I think. Yeah, an attendance problem. You're kidding me. I'm uh, shocked to hear this. It was beyond what uh, well, anything that uh, hold we on, Hold on. Are these new members or are these old members? Uh, these are some of the newest members of the board. Newest members of the board? And they maybe they... Is this like a habitual thing or is this like a one-off? It is a habitual thing. And I don't honestly know why there's an attendance problem. I just know that that seat in particular is vacant quite a bit. Hmm. Well, I guess when you have it all locked up and you have all the votes... Then suddenly being absent is okay. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that that was not a luxury we had. Uh I remember there were several frantic phone calls from you. Steve, where are you? I'm stuck in traffic. You need to be here. Denver traffic's pretty bad these days, isn't it? It's it's getting rougher and rougher. Lastly, I think there is a pop-up group that has come up called I Stand With Ben. 
Ben Juan is a friend of ours. He's a young man who is on the verge of graduating high school. He has epilepsy and he had a lot of issues, cognitive issues, learning issues, and his family finally, through speaking of research and evidence, research and evidence has shown that CBD oil actually reduces seizures related to epilepsy in children. So they put him on CBD oil and now he has been seizure free for many months. He has had an incredible growth spurt and is now taller than his twin. For a number of years, he was shorter than she was. And he's doing amazingly well. And what's going on? He's having trouble actually being able to get his medicine on campus. So this is like an administration issue? Like, it is an administrative uh, like, issue. It's, it's seen as an endorsement of the medication? or Yes, the there's a problem with providing... The administration providing the medicine to the boy, and so what they're they're doing is putting his access to the medication in jeopardy. And the district has stopped entertaining meetings with them. Has stopped. They their last resort is to go to public comment every meeting because there's they've refused to consider changing the policy. This is not there's not a federal law problem that the feds will come down on the district like a ton of bricks. What's happened is medical marijuana in an instance like this, the district does not have to worry about being able to provide it to someone because like that. Because there's them. no fear of being fined. Right. Or, there's, or and like there's that. no fear. I mean, Child but, Protective Services, none of that stuff. But the district still won't change the policy to make that readily available. But it family. is consistent with this. It's a uh, one-size-fits-all, top-down approach to everything in the district, right? And we, if it doesn't fit neatly within the prescribed and arbitrary lines that we've drawn up, sorry, tough luck, you're going to just have to lump it. And we won't listen to you. And, and choice, what's that? What does that mean? Oh, there, oh Steve just threw choice in the garbage. Oh, no. Ah. Joyce, Joyce meets another untimely end. Another one bites the dust. Ah. So those are some of our little tidbits beyond the giant topic we had earlier. But there's a lot going on, obviously. And there is a board election this fall. Yes, there is. There is. That's a great cliffhanger for the next episode. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us. Please like and share the show with your friends and neighbors. We appreciate you. Thanks, Steve. Been down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match. But now it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, we dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be all right. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer.